Hello and welcome. It's another episode of Empire of the Cop Insider. I'm your host, Farrell Keeling, and we've got the lovely Neil Jones here with us again to discuss uh, what was a rather impressive, well-rounded 3-0 win, I'd have to say, over Nottingham Forest. We're going to dive right into that very shortly. I did want to discuss what is a rather distressing situation for the club and, of course, the player uh, in Luis Diaz. You know, I believe his mother has been recovered. Uh, efforts are still ongoing to search for the player's father uh, in Colombia um, with efforts combined between uh, the Colombian police and uh, army, I believe, was the last I heard of it. Uh, a clock described it well, I believe, you know, when he was talking about it, sort of saying it's, you know, it's a new experience that he never needed. Um, I mean, how is everyone at the club sort of handling the situation, because I think in the circumstances it was a very, a very a professional performance, and I think it's kind of an indication of just the the strength of character at the club. Yeah, I think I think you're right, Jeg, and they sort of you know made the point that it's very hard to make football big in in this this kind of situation. You know, it's very hard to sort of talk about how important three points are, and you know, performances and that kind of thing. But I think he, he he hit the right note, really. He said, you know, all we can do is sort of, you know, what we can do, isn't it? And what we can do is fight for for, for, for the team and for the club and for, for Luis Diaz himself. And, you know, it, it was a very touching moment when, when Diogo Jota came across. I think it would have been whoever scored. Obviously, I don't think, you know, I don't think it was limited to Jota. But it was a very touching moment when he came across and lifted the shirt up. And I saw it around the ground. There was a lot of Colombian flags. I mean, there usually are a few Colombian flags, to be fair, just, just you know, in any given day. But I think there were even more um, around yesterday. Um, and, of course, you know, the, the song, um, the old the old Suarez song, revived for um, for, for Luis Diaz with, with, with I Just Can't Get Enough. And, you know, that was... A, it, it, feel, it feels very insignificant, doesn't it? But it's it's about all you can do, isn't it? In, in a situation such as this, you can show your support, you can show your solidarity. And I know, obviously, I, I saw Dominic Sobosly spoke and he said, you know, a few of the players didn't know until they woke up on, on Sunday morning what had happened and they were they had a meeting around it with Jürgen Klopp and, you know, it was explained to them what had happened and that Luis Diaz had gone back to his family and, you know, that he wouldn't be playing in the game, obviously. Um, so I think in the circumstances, I think for the players, you know, it was a... It was something that they just had to had to deal with and had to move on. And you know, um, they 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 showed that they're with their. I think Jürgen called them their brother, didn't he? Um, you know yeah. that that's that's the way it's sort of viewed um, within the team. That you know there is this close knit uh, environment. There is this sort of solidarity with within them all, and it, it manifested itself um, in the game. And you know, it doesn't it doesn't change the situation. We we are all still very much awaiting the the best possible news from it um, but yeah I think at the moment all, we, all we've got to do is wait and, and keep our fingers crossed No absolutely well said and I, I think you know Diaz would have started the game it, it's fair to say um, yeah. had the you know, unfortunate incident not taking place Jota came in in his place and scored you know, a vital goal lovely tribute from the player and I think it really also shows how important you know I, I do get the sense sometimes that perhaps Diego Jota is Overlooked, uh, even if you know he's considered as part of the overall sort of attacking firepower that Liverpool have at their disposal, his you know his contributions can be a little bit underrated. I, I, I feel at times, you know, that is six uh, goals in all competitions now, I believe, for Diego Jota, and yeah. just a player that continues to be absolutely vital um, to what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I, 
excuse me, and a lucky charm as well. 38 games he scored in for Liverpool, and Liverpool have won 32 of those and drawn the other six. So, yeah, um, get him on penalties, I'd say, and just get him on that score sheet <laughs> as quickly as you can. Um, but yeah, he's he, you're right. I think he has probably seen it in a lot of people's eyes. It's probably the fifth of the, of the five, or maybe the fourth. Him and Gakpo are probably fourth and fifth of the, of the five, I, I would suggest at the moment. Um, but but you're right. I mean, he he's got that ability to do things that maybe some other players don't, and that's just the the, the scruffy the scruffy moments, the scruffy goals, the sort of the, the, you know, those kind of goals that he got yesterday. You know, a, a rebound after the goalkeeper pushes it out. You didn't almost didn't have to look and see who was. Who was the man who's who's putting that in? You sort of knew it'd be a jot of gold, just the way the way it, it panned out. Um, I got a message off a friend of mine uh, later in the day, and he just said, "If if we had a final tomorrow, I'd have jotted in my starting eleven." And I sort of know what he means. You know, if if you if it's going to be a tight game, and if it's going to be one of those games where you might need someone to just take one chance, jot is probably as as likely as anyone in that Liverpool team, including including Mo Salah. So. He he is. He's having a good season. I think you you'd also see a little bit of what what Liverpool missed last season. Um, you know there was a lot of games in the first half of last season, or or even sort of around Christmas time and New Year, where maybe Liverpool go on to lose. But they had moments where if they'd have gone one, they looked in the game that they would have it would have been a completely different outcome. And I even include games like you know the famous Brighton game away and and Brentford. Um, you know early in in New Year. Where you thought, well, do you know what? If if we'd have had someone to just make it one nil, we'd probably go on and at least get a draw, probably win the game. They never had though, that person for long enough periods, and Jota obviously missed. You know, he was missing from October, I think, to February with that with that calf injury that he sustained, and he was a big miss. He was obviously on a bit of a a goal scoring drought in the in the in the period as well. It got to it obviously got to a year without him scoring, which is remarkable to consider. But when he came back and he got those two goals at Leeds, I think only Salah's got more goals since for Liverpool. Um, so that tells you that he's he's back to something like his best form. And yeah, he's he's um, he's one of those players that I think almost there are some players that when when you see them playing well, you think okay, a goal's coming. I almost think with the opposite with Jota, I think the sort of almost the worse he plays, the more likely he is to score because he just has that kind of instinct. Around the penalty area, you know, he doesn't need to be doing everything right on the ball and in possession and and those kind of things to, to score. He just he always has that that goal scoring six yard box, twelve yard uh, instinct where you think if it if it falls in there, it's going to be to him and he's going to take it. So yeah, he's been a big plus for Liverpool this season. There's been a lot of big pluses, but I think Jota being available, fit and scoring. Is, is definitely a huge one. And, you know, if you think about some of the games coming up Liverpool have got, you know, they've got some big ones, obviously, after the international break, none bigger than the, the first one after, after it against City. And I would expect to have Diogo Jota in that starting lineup if he's fit. No, absolutely. I mean, we talk about the men in the goals. We also have to talk about uh, Darwin Nunez, the man who seems to be in absolutely impeccable form at the moment, a player that has so much more confidence, you know, about him compared to sort of last season. You know, a lot was made of that first Benfica season compared to the second. And we appear to be seeing that sort of similar evolution, you know, at Liverpool, because we we always knew we had a player. It it was just, it was just a matter of, you know, when the confidence comes and when it stays, you know, then we're really going to see the best out of the player that we spent a lot of money on, um, you know, in in the summer before last. I mean, what what have you made of him so far this season? Because there's been so much to enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy is the right word. I mean, he's, I think he's just a very good centre forward. You know, I think it's it's 
it's easy to focus in. And I know, listen, he doesn't make it easy sometimes. You know, you, you look at that that goal that he doesn't score against Toulouse, but Gravenberg <laughs> scores, and, and you think, wow, you know, just 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 sort of kill the conversation for a bit. And he doesn't. He keeps it alive. But it, I just think everything else around him is just it's very positive. I don't think there's anything to to complain about. You know, he's also got six goals this season. You know, he's averaging goal contributions in. It, you know, it's less than it's less than ninety minutes per goal contribution this season in terms of what he what he's been doing. He got another another goal, obviously at the weekend. He um he could have had he could have had more. He's he's just a very good centre forward. I, I just I just see it as that, and I think we've been talking for a while about you know if he can start taking the sort of the easy ones, then yeah, it'll make a massive difference. But even without doing that, and to be fair, you know he's not the only one who who, who does that. I mean, I saw you know. As ridiculous as it sounds, I saw Erling Haaland miss at least one chance that you think, well, you have to score. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't see the same level of opprobrium aimed at him for that one that he misses where Onana makes a great save. But you think, well, hang on, you know, that is that is a goal that he should score. You know, the, the striker should score. I think if that's Nunes, I think that a lot more more is made of the miss than the save, for example. So everyone misses chances, but Nunes gets so many, and he's still getting goals. He's got six goals. Like I say, he's, he's he's got a goal or an assist in each of his last four games in the Premier League, so he's he's definitely contributing to the game. And I just think as well that the difference he's making to the the way the team plays is huge. You know, the way he can stretch teams, the way he can run in behind. Obviously, the fact that they know they've always got someone in the penalty area. You know, Sobislai almost doesn't have to look for the for that goal. He just puts it across the six yard box because he knows there'll be people in there, Jota and, and or Nunes or both. Um, so he's. He's having a, a really positive impact on Liverpool. He's played his way into the team. He's obviously got the number nine shirt now, which which is symbolic as well. But he's he's got it he's got it metaphorically and literally um, at at the moment. So he's he's right he's right in the mix. And I think you know keeping him fit, keeping him in this kind of rhythm of playing games and being able to be to know that he's relied upon. I think you're just going to see him go up and up and up. And you're looking now, you know, as I say, six goals already, and that's probably from. I would imagine, I don't know for certain, but probably nine, eight or nine starts, I would imagine, maybe less. Um, you know, if, you, if you're talking about him getting sort of 35, 40 starts this season in all competitions, you're looking at him getting easily 25 goals this season. I just think just, just from natural accumulation, he's going to get up there. So I think once he's got to that, those kind of levels, I think we might be able to close the debate about, you know, what a, what a good signing he's been for Liverpool. And you can see what the fans think of him. You know, he was the last player to leave the pitch uh, after the game yesterday, and the, the fans were chanting his name. You see, even when he makes mistakes, or he, you know, he gives away fouls, or he lets the ball bounce off him, or whatever he does, he misses chances. They still sing his name, and I, I do feel like there's something really in that that you know, it doesn't happen for every, it doesn't happen for every club, and it doesn't happen for every player, but it's happening for him, and I think that says it all about how Liverpool fans see what he brings to the team, see what he, he's got in terms of his quality, but also his mentality. I mean, he's absolutely adored, and you're spot on about you know the goal contributions. It's Eleven and thirteen games, I believe. I think his you, you mentioned about his yeah his rate per you know nine. I think it's one every what fifty seven minutes. Last time I checked, that might have deviated yeah. slightly by a minute, you know, or two. But it's frankly astonishing numbers, <laughs> given given yeah. the criticism he receives uh, from from neutrals and um, pundits beyond the borders of Merseyside. It's 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 quite astonishing. I, I mean, you, you I also a... think. Sorry, sorry, Farrell. I also think. 
what 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 people might say in response to that is oh well you know that the numbers are one thing but the eye test is something but I actually just think the, I think if you look at the eye test of what he's doing he, he is a good player you know you look and he does a lot of things in games you know you look at the the pass he plays for Salah against Everton you look at I mean okay the finish against Toulouse but the first goal is a really good finish on his left foot put right in the roof of the net but the, 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 the work to, yeah. yeah the work to set up the chance that he that he misses obviously it's, it's really accomplished. Play, you know, he's not. He isn't just some sort of weird, crazy horse that just sort of ends up in front of goal. You know, he he is. He's got touch. He's got pace. He's got strength. He's obviously got this real kind of subtlety to his movement because he's always in space. He's always got time on the, you know, around the penalty area. He he isn't. He isn't what we maybe or what he's maybe been bracketed as is this kind of, you know, we've all been guilty of it, oh, the, the chaos that he brings. And there was times last season when that was what that was the case. But he's rounded off a lot of those edges and he's become now a really sort of, you know, all-round number nine that can really sort of worry defences and, and offer a ma- magnificent option for his midfielders and his, you know, his full-backs and his centre-halves to hit. I think, I think we don't consider, you know, it's a lot of discussions about the goals he misses uh, more than the goals he scores. But we're also not talking about the fact that you know, Klopp wouldn't be playing him in, in this many games unless his yeah. game had rounded off, and it has rounded off considerably. I think Klopp was saying last season, you know, the ticket into this team is going to be you're pressing, you're counter pressing, that kind of thing. And you know, Nunez has made considerable leaps in, in that yeah. regard, as you say. It is, it is, perhaps it's still chaos, but restrained chaos. Um, but he's very much yeah. contributing to the overall um, overall sort of style of playing the team. Um, you did mention before. About Dominic uh, Sabozla, I do want to touch upon him because I'm, I remember watching the game against Forest, and I just thought, you know, the, the overlapping runs with Salah, those were the kind of things we used to see with sort of Jordan Henderson, and it, and it mm-hmm. seems their their relationship is is just as symbiotic uh, now. It, it really was just a joy joy to watch, and I, yeah. th- I think it is probably an overlapping run as well that contributes to that sets up uh, Nunez's goal. As well, <laughs> in yeah, the first half. We've got a new Big fan of Sabozlai as well. There um, we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, I think you're life. right. In, you're right in terms of that, the Henderson um, style-wise. Not in terms of, you know, I think the different kinds of players, but in terms of the position that he plays. I think there's also a little bit of, I always remember when, when Steven Gerrard played for Liverpool, you would almost see, it was like this sort of um, seal of approval that Gerrard would give where he'd start, you know, a new player would come and if Gerrard gravitated towards them in terms of his passing and his, you know, his sort of relationship with them, you'd sort of say, OK, right, you know, he, this is going to be a big player for Liverpool and, you know, think of Torres, think of Suarez in that sense. I think you see that with Salah a little bit. You know, you see when Salah starts to sort of really... You know, you see that he, he loves to pass to Sobosly. He, he seems to have, you know, they really trust each other, obviously, on the ball. They obviously they gravitate towards that side of the pitch as well um, with, with that trio with Trent in there. So, yeah, you, you're definitely seeing that I think Sobosly has made a big impression on his teammates, not just the supporters. He's made a big impression on the team that they, they see that, oh, wow, this is, we've got one here, haven't we? We've signed the real top player. Um I watched him in the warm-ups, obviously. Uh, you know, Liverpool do the shooting drill down at the cop end. and I, He just has this sort of thing about him where when he hits it, the ball just moves differently. So even even brilliant players that Liverpool have in their team, you know, can strike the ball. Salah can, can whip it anywhere you want. You know, obviously, Nunes can strike the ball really, really powerfully. McAllister can hit the ball, grab him back. But Sobosly just has this technique that just makes it 
move a bit quicker, a bit sweeter, you know, a little bit like Kevin De Bruyne. You know, when you see him sort of, he, he generates more power with, with almost with less effort. And Soboslai has that about him. There's just a touch of class almost about everything that he does. But on top of that, he isn't sort of, he isn't languid and lazy and sort of, you know, he doesn't sit and ping it around. He, he gets about the pitch as well. And I think that's just a, such an exciting sort of package, as, as the manager might call it, that, you know, he's got legs, he's got energy, he's obviously got some discipline to him in terms of his position and, and, and in terms of his work ethic, but he's also got incredible quality as well. And he was he, he was by far the best player on the pitch, I thought, yesterday. Every, everything he did, you know, you, even you look at the numbers, his influence is, is there for everyone to see. But just watching him play is, at the moment is a real, real joy. And you think he's only just turned 23 recently. You think, wow, there's a high ceiling there, isn't there? There's a real potential for, for him to go on and establish himself as one of the best midfielders in the Premier League. And obviously as one of the, the big leaders of Liverpool going forward. And he's he's already sort of moved into a, a very prominent first-team role, hasn't he? You know, he's, he pretty much starts every game, doesn't he? If, every game that matters. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely he's definitely a player that's going to have a big big say in Liverpool's future. And I, I, I like as well, I mean, I watched his interview that he did with LFC TV afterwards and I just like his sort of, his style really. He, he doesn't say a lot in terms, of, in terms of a lot of words, but he makes a point and he made a point yesterday. He said, this team can achieve, or this group can achieve a lot this season. And I quite like that, that he's came in you know, he's a new player. He's not he's not sort of playing down any expectations or sort of saying, Oh, you know, I need to we just need to keep you know, adapt or do any of this thing. He's basically laid it on the line straight away and said, Yeah, we wanna we wanna go to the top. And I think that mentality will uh, stand Liverpool in good stead going forward. I mean it's exactly the kind of thing you want to see from one of Liverpool's best players, isn't it? I, I mean I remember sort of talking just after pre season I think it was a Darmstadt game and I think we were sort of saying, Oh, you know, oh, he seemed to be struggling a bit. Maybe one might want to give him a bit more time. McAllister seems to be uh, the man who's going to sort of come in and settle in sort of right away. And it's straight off from the first game of the season, straight over to Athena Winnow, the Nottingham Forest, who's just been instrumental to everything good that Liverpool yeah. has done in the league and beyond. Um, there's one other sort of Liverpool signing, sort of signing I do want to touch upon, that's Boturo Endo, um, who was absolutely phenomenal, I thought, in the Europa League game. You know, won 10 out of 15 of his duels, five tackles, three interceptions. A really, really solid d- defensive display. He had a cameo, of course, against uh, against Forest. But I mean, I- I'm-, I'm curious about where you sort of see him going forward because you know, we've seen this with players before. Sometimes they take a bit more time to settle. Sometimes Klopp wants them. You know, it- it's minutes here and there, and then boom, they're in the side and they're in until the rest of the season. Um, but given you know the links that we do see to Liverpool needing a specialist sort of holding six, I mean. Where, where does it where does it go from here? Do you, do you feel it's the case that sort of the current situation will persist? It will be minutes in the in the Europa League, minutes in the cups, um, or do you think it will be the case he will it will just suddenly come in and it will be okay? We'll turn around. That's your position there in the league uh, for the foreseeable future. No, I think the only way that will be the case is if there's injuries, which is a fair fair thing to expect, isn't it? You know, he at the moment the Liverpool's midfield is is three from four, isn't it? And you know, I think we can safely say McAllister's in, Sobber slides in, and then it's Curtis Jones and, and Ryan Gravenberg for, the, for the, the extra spot on the left. But obviously injuries, suspensions, we've seen that with Curtis. He was in the side and now he's now he's got a battle to get back in after the suspension. So I think circumstances would, would only be the those circumstances would only be the way that Endo was to get into the Premier League team for for a long run. 
but there's enough cup games coming up. I mean, they've got Bournemouth on Wednesday. They've got Toulouse, obviously, the week week after. Um, they've still got, obviously, Union and, and Lask coming up in the um, in the Europa League as well. And fingers crossed they get through in the Carabao as well. So there's, there's more there. I think he's shown that he's getting up to speed. And though I think every every time you see him, he looks a little bit more at home. You know, even yesterday he came on and there was a great moment where he, he went sort of um, shoulder to shoulder with, with Tewa or one use of big, big old units, you know, for Forrest oh, who gotcha. came on the sub and, <laughs> and he, you know, he really, he won that duel, didn't he? And, and won Liverpool a throw in and you could see the sort of the appreciation of the fans that, you know, that was a, a really good duel. Um, and a dual one from Endo, so I think we're, I think we're definitely seeing positive signs there. And that's that's the sort of the aim, isn't it? You know, of these cup games is to get these players up to speed, so that if you do get an injury to Alexis McAllister or whoever, then you can just put them in, and they're not sort of coming in completely cold and looking like they haven't played football for for, for six months. You know, that they're they're up to speed, they're they're into the rhythm, they know what's expected. You know of playing in that position they know how the team works and where players are on the pitch at any given time uh, and I think you're seeing that with Endo you're seeing that he it, I think at first I think it was a bit of a whirlwind for him I, you know I'm not saying he was out of his depth but I think he did you could see that he was he was having to adapt to a new speed of, of play and a new a new way of play playing sorry um, and I don't feel that anymore you know when you see him in the team you see that he just looks like a player that okay yeah he might not be as as tall and as strong as Fabinho. He might not be as kind of classy in possession as a Soboslai or a McAllister, but he knows how to play football. He reminds me a little bit, when I watch him, he reminds me a little bit of James Milner in terms of, you know, he looks like he, he does everything quite well. You know, he looks like he is sort of his natural thought is for the, for the team. Um, he, he never, ever looks to me like he's doing anything for, for effect or for show, you know, that he's, he's trying to sort of take an extra touch when he doesn't need to. He just looks like he's someone who, yeah, will be a, a very you know, solid member of the squad. And it bodes well, doesn't it, Liverpool? You know, we, we expect almost Liverpool to get injuries um, as they go through a season. Every team will get them. But if you can have replacement players like Endo, like Costa Simicas, who I thought did quite well um, yesterday, you know, like Joe Gomez, Joel Mata, Cody Gakpo, whoever, Harvey Elliott, if you can have them all in a, in a sense of, They've had a good game recently, or they've they've made a contribution recently in the cups. Then, when they're needed in the Premier League, then that that's only going to benefit Liverpool going forward. No, absolutely. You mentioned James Milner there. I'm sure many many Liverpool fans would be keen to see him firmly replaced in the squad. Such a valuable player in terms of what he brought. You know, not just on the pitch, but also his leadership capabilities. Um, we, we we did speak about sort of holding midfielders, obviously. The links will persist uh, with Fluminense's Andre, and I'm, I'm very curious to hear what you think of, of his. I don't know if you've seen his, his interview um, with, with Fluminense. He was discussing uh, a big offer he'd received from a big European club, which we can only imagine <laughs> uh, to be Liverpool yeah. Football Club. Um, but he said, you know, he wanted to keep his word to the manager. He wanted to keep his word to Fluminense and stay with them until you know the end of the season. That obviously in, in a big final uh, coming up very soon yeah. in, in November, I believe. Um, I mean, you know, obviously, if, if you were asking us as Liverpool fans, we'd have loved to have seen him make the summer move. But I think it's a really positive indication of character. Um, you know, a, play, a player that is keeping his that, that very much cares about that sort of that sort of side. It wasn't just motivated by the big move, by the big money. You know, he, he really yeah. wanted to yeah, just just keep his word. I just think that's a very sort of positive indication of a player that are, are linked with have been linked with heavily uh, since the summer. 
Yeah, and I think also if they go on to win the, the Copa Libertadores, then it, it bodes well for Liverpool if they if and when they do go back and for him because he's got something under his belt, hasn't he? That he's he's experienced the big final. He's been a winner. He's brought some kind of you know winning experience. And you look at some of the players Liverpool have signed, you know that that has defined them, hasn't it? You know you look at Alexis McAllister, for example. You know huge, the biggest of all, you know, but you look at Soboslai, he obviously scored in a, in a cup final last season, obviously Ryan Gravenberg's won, won league titles with, with Ajax, with Bayern, albeit, you know, as a, as a big power player. Um, you look at, obviously, the status that some of the players have, Soboslai being the captain of Hungary, Wataru Endo being the captain of of, um, of of Japan. Liverpool like that kind of idea that a player's shown that they can handle pressure, responsibility, expectation. So, yeah, if, if, Fluminense go on and, and win win that tournament. Obviously, then I think it's another another tick in the box, if you like, for for, for someone like Andre. I mean, listen, you know, we, we can debate and we'll see whether Liverpool do go back in and and try and sign him. But yeah, I, I don't think um I don't think anyone would begrudge the player the idea that no, I want to stay and help my my club win. Uh, you know. Their, their version of the Champions League, isn't it? You know, we, we, we certainly wouldn't um we certainly wouldn't criticise a European player for wanting to stay and play in a Champions League final. So we certainly shouldn't for a, a South American player. No, it's coming across very likable uh, already, which is you know already a plus, especially if we go on to to, to sign the player. As you say, we'll have to see what happens. Um, we're still a good month or so away from the January window uh, opening, but uh, it, it's there, it's present in everyone's minds. Um, I do want to pull away briefly, lastly, just to discuss a topic that has attracted some uh, media attention, uh, and that's the nature of uh, Mickey van der Ven's move uh, to Tottenham Hotspur. He's obviously had a very strong start under manager Ange Postacoglu. Um, Tottenham have had a very good start, it's fair to say, top of the league uh, and well-deserved. Um, it, it may have, and I've certainly seen online, you know, some fans wondering why Liverpool how Liverpool missed out after being so strongly linked in the summer. Obviously, I think uh, the independence, Miguel Delaney, has shed some slight light on this and was talking about you know, Liverpool not being able to guarantee game time whilst the likes of Virgil van Dijk, Ibrahim Konate are in the side. And that's, that's a perfectly rational explanation. Van der Ven's gone to Tottenham. He's started, I believe, pretty much every league, if not all, all yeah. league games uh, under, under Tottenham. So you can, you can see why the player has made the decision. The player has made a footballing decision. We can respect that. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Because do you feel that sort of Liverpool have missed out, regardless, or is it just a case of you know we go oh, is what it is, and we'll just see what <laughs> pops up in, in the market? Yeah, well, it's difficult because he's a left-sided centre back, and obviously we know Liverpool have been looking for a left-sided centre back. But what we said in the summer many many times was that you, you, it had to be one that was going to be happy to to be fourth and fifth choice because. Virgil van Dijk is Liverpool's left-sided centre-back. And, you know, the, of course, you can play a left-sided centre-back on the right, but it isn't ideal. You can move Virgil van Dijk to the right, but it isn't ideal. You know, you speak to anyone who's played as a centre-back and they'll tell you that you have your preferred side and it works out best. And you see it very regularly with um, certain defenders that they always play, even if they're right-footed, they might play on the left, even if they're... Um, they play with different partners. They always they always play in a certain position. So you wouldn't we wouldn't have seen Mickey Van der Ven play ten Premier League games or start ten Premier League games had he joined Liverpool. That, that's that's for certain. He looks a very good player. I watched the Crystal Palace game on Friday, and you know his recovery speed is is huge. He's, he looks like he's good on the ball. He's obviously a really good size, and he's young, and he's going to get better. You would imagine. So he is clearly a very good signing for Tottenham, and he's made a big impact there. 
whether he'd have made the same impact at Liverpool, probably not, because he wouldn't have got as many games. But it would have been nice to have him in the squad and nice to have you know been able to bring him in into Europa League games and see how how big he can become. But I don't think you can sort of get bogged down too much in this. Oh, we've missed out there. You know, there's been a lot of players at Liverpool could have signed and haven't signed. There's been a lot of play. I mean, listen, another example would be Mason Mount, wouldn't it? You know, you'd look at Mason Mount and say, ah, Liverpool wanted to sign him. Well, it doesn't look like they've missed out at the moment. But on the flip side, you could have said, well, what would he have, would he have looked the same as he looks at United had he come into Liverpool? So we'll never know. We'll, um, we'll watch his developments, I'm sure, with interest. But remember, Liverpool didn't sign him. They kept Joel Matip, Joe Gomez, Jarrell Kwanzaa as their sort of backup options, Canate. Um and they're only three points behind Spurs. Haven't had tougher fixtures, you know, and had the referee done his job at Spurs or VAR done his job at Spurs, we might have been talking about the opposite situation. So I don't think Liverpool needs to be too having too much sort of um, regrets or too many regrets about the situation. But give credit to Spurs; they went and got a, a good player in, and you know it's made a big difference to them. We'll see how see how long. Um, or how, how far they can go this season. They look they look good at the moment. I think there's some big tests coming up for them soon enough. I think they've got Chelsea in the next game at home and then um, a few few tough fixtures in November, December as well. So I think it's an intriguing situation at the top of the Premier League. You know, you look at the top five all winning at the weekend, little gap opening up to Newcastle. And I think really, I mean, you know, I don't want to dismiss Aston Villa too readily, but I think you look at those top four and you think if they can sort of, keep it going until the international break. I think all four of them will be starting to think about the the, uh, the T word and the title challenge word. I think um, they're, they're in good shape, aren't they? And Liverpool are certainly among that. Tottenham at the moment are among that. Arsenal are among that. And of course, the other lot as well. No, it's looking very tight at the top of the table, isn't it? Uh, very, yeah, very points. tight, and as you say, three points and Aston Villa are a point behind us. So it's, uh, it's you know, you don't want to count them out entirely. It's certainly been an absolutely phenomenal start from Unai. Uh, um, fa- fantastic <laughs> and home home yeah. record as well. I mean, that, that's that's what it's built. I think it's twelve home wins in a row, isn't it? Villa have got, which is just absolutely incredible. You know, for any club, but for a club like Villa, where with the greatest respect, they're not. They're not a winning machine, are they? They're not this sort of club where you go, well, they always win at home. You know, they 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 should win more than their fair share. But to win to win a dozen home games in 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 a row, and I think also they look they look an exciting side as well, don't they? You know, they look they've got good players. You know, Watkins and um, Leon Bailey and Musa Diaby in particular. You know, fantastic players. They've they've got real sort of um, vibrancy about them and. Listen, I, I know I, I, it, within the sort of press box or, or my sort of press box pals, Villa Park's always a sort of one of our favourites kind of away games and sort of, you know, places to go and visit. So, yeah, it it is it is quite nice to see that um, bouncing at the moment. Hopefully not bouncing too high, obviously. You know, hopefully fifth, fifth is just about fine for them. We'll, 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 we'll hope they, they stay where, they're, where they are there. But brilliant for Unai Emily, brilliant for them. And, um, yeah, it makes it nice and tight and interesting at the top. No, I heard someone the other day call them um, uh, Aston Sevilla. Uh, <laughs> so absolutely transformed them. Into... <laughs> it's incredible what he's done. It's incredible what he's done. But um, I, I mean, you've mentioned, of course, before previously, you know, Joel Matip, Joel Concept, Joe Gomez. It, it, it's not like Liverpool don't have very solid options waiting in the wings, and certainly the two senior options there have very much improved their performances to um, the disaster that was the prior season. Um, so, I, I mean, it, it's a tough one, I think, as well, when we're talking about finding a player 
that is going to happily sit behind one of the greatest centre-backs of all time in the Premier League, in Virgil van Dijk, and you know, be a young centre-back that's quite quite daunting. I, I think maybe we maybe might be underappreciating how difficult a task that is for Liverpool's recruitment team to find someone who's willing to do that. You can grow to eventually, you'd hope, succeed uh, Virgil, whatever yeah. that case may be. It, it's a difficult balance to strike because do you wait until, you know, you get to the point where Virgil's 35, 34, 36, and you go, oh, he's, you know, he's, he's on the way out, really, but then yeah. you're, you're putting a lot of pressure on someone, or, or do you, is there that perfect player out there who's just willing to sit and bide their time? Yeah, it's a tough one. And, and, and it is a tough one, and, and especially with the way Virgil's playing at the moment as well. You know, he's not he's not showing any sign of decline this season, is he? If anything, he's, he's showing the opposite. He's showing that he's sort of rediscovered and almost top form. I thought he was excellent again on Sunday. I thought he was excellent against Everton. Um, you know, just the week before, he's had more of it, more good games and bad certainly this season. Um, so yeah, it's not even a case of. You're looking at Virgin saying, ah, oh, there might be games where you can sort of take him out of the, the team. He's the captain now, of course, as well. So, you, you know, <laughs> he's got to expect can expect to play every league game. And um, it is a really difficult balancing act. Of course, there will be the, there will be players out there and it is possible to do it. But it is a, it is a tough ask. And uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what Liverpool do, if not in January. You know, fingers crossed they don't need to do anything in January because circumstances don't force their hand. But certainly next summer, because we... The likely others that Matip will leave, of course, Gomez is. I think he's done really well this season, Joe Gomez, but he's done most of his work as a sort of a fullback, um, you know, or more of his work as a fullback, certainly than than a centre back. And I think Canate, you know, we're still sort of, we're still hoping for him to just nail down that run of games, aren't we? Where he he plays 20, 15, 20 games sort of in a row without without any any hiccups. He's had, he had a bit of an issue. After the international break, didn't he with with um, fatigue and, and not getting a rest? I know he, I know the manager wasn't particularly happy with uh, with Didier Deschamps at, at, at France, but there is there is a space you would imagine there for a centre back to come in next summer uh, at least one, uh, and it will be interesting to see sort of what type of profile it is. Is it a really young centre back who grows? Is it an established centre back who's sort of ready to to straight away be in the team? Is it a, 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 a a versatile player who maybe can play fullback as well as centre back. So I think that is it will be interesting to see how Liverpool handle it. But I think what we've seen so far this season is we're away from that position where if Liverpool don't do something in the transfer market, it's completely puts the, the brakes on everything. They they have got players who can um plug gaps and fill voids and they can rely on some of their more consistent performers, their more reliable performers to, to up their game, up their levels and, and sort of show that last season was just a blip and last season wasn't the real Liverpool. Um, I think we're seeing a lot more from this this Liverpool team that gives you positivity of the future. No, absolutely. I think, I think we're seeing more of certainly the real Liverpool, the real Liverpool 2.0 uh, so far. I mean, we, we talked about, you know, Tottenham sort of early games and their fixtures are going to turn. Liverpool, by contrast, have had a far more difficult start and it's been a far, a, a really sort of impressive start. You mentioned as well, had, had you know, the VAR decision gone the right way, we might be talking about a very different table. So, it, all in all, we can't really complain. Three points from the top. It's been a very, very positive start from Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. 
Uh, Neil, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on here, as always. Um, everyone, you can all follow Neil's work on covering Liverpool at neilj.substack.com. Lots of good bits there that you can dive into every single week. And, of course, you can follow Neil online and Twitter at Neil Jones Goal. Um, Neil, it's been fantastic having you here. And, of course, everyone can watch this Thanks. here on our Substack as well, on empirethecop.substack.com. We'll be post publishers on our YouTube as well for the video and audio versions, which you can find on our Twitter. We might even publish them on Facebook for everyone just to make it a little bit easier. Um, I've been Farrell Keeling. This has been the lovely Neil Jones here with us today on Empire of the Cop at Empire of the Cop Insider. Thank you for watching and listening. Take care.